We're back. Welcome to another episode of Jezebel Goes to Seminary. I'm your host, Meredith, and on today's episode, we pick up where we left off with our conversation last week on who's on your team. So this is the continuation of that conversation with Rodell and myself as we wrestle with understanding what's going on and how to navigate seminary. I'm curious, actually, like now that we're, I'm thinking about community, community looks so different right now. I mean, it looks, it, sure it, does. it not only looks different, but it feels different too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, Cause it's all, it's really not the same. It, we're in virtual space and there are just some things that virtual space can't replicate. Yeah. Um, the way you communicate is always, or like the quality of the communication is always kind of based on like the medium you're communicating through. Yeah, I think Zoom calls and video chats and text messages, blah, 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 like they they do something to the connection that we're trying to have. Um, and yeah, I think it's been difficult to adjust to. I think especially like, you know, we're in theology school, we're talking about beloved community, we're talking about, you know, all this about living with people, living life with people and what mm. what that looks like and what that means. But we are cut off from that right now in a very big way. And it's really difficult. You know, again, we're talking, yeah, when we're talking so much about mystery too um, in school. And I, like you actually, what you just said made me think of that where perhaps this is that where we talk about leaning into mystery in the biblical text. Like this is just like one of those moments where we got to lean into the mystery of the interwebs Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. like trust that things are happening. I don't know. I, I don't know about you, but I wonder, like, what will it be like to meet you in real life? That, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other <laughs> <laughs> And then, then people are asking themselves that about God, though, too, right? Like, you know, people are asking themselves, like, what will it be like to meet God in real life? And I'm wow. thinking, like, what will it be like to meet my classmates in real yeah. life? Yeah, that's a crazy connection. The, yeah. the virtual connection we have with God. <laughs> to me it's like our relationship to the wow, divine is man. more is more connected to the vibrations uh, and i feel like here we are in like sound waves you know? right, we're, we're right. over here um communicating through and it's and it's what even this may even trip you up a little bit more though i've just been thinking about it a lot it's like you're not even seeing what you're seeing a delayed Mm-hmm. response of even i'm what, not seeing your incarnation i'm not yes! seeing your incarnation. <laughs> How do we encourage the mystery while while trying to get it so straight and narrow and like understood? I don't know. I just I just thought about that. Yeah, it's interesting because like I've, it's just so hard to be present to because you're not I'm not being present to a person right now I'm being present to a screen and you're like your face just kind of moves on it um <laughs> which is it's a, it's a great face don't get me wrong <laughs> but it's true yeah uh, it's like how do you hold these two tensions I'm reaching for that connection how do I continue to reach and do my best to be present to the fact that I want to connect with you but also understand that like it's not gonna be the real thing like how do we work with what we have which i guess is like what everyone is asking i don't know i don't think any of us know we really are guinea pigs we really are we really are psychologically physically and spiritually like this is having like spiritual effects 
that is so yeah we I never actually thought about it from that perspective but it's true I think that this is going to be an illuminating moment for most organized religions and their institutions given that most worship is happening online and so you know I think it says so much about where we need to go with spiritual and faith communities Mm -hmm. because there has to be we've got to we've got to reset the rhythm I guess And I guess for me, it's like, what does resetting the rhythm look like to you, sound like to you, feel like to you? Yeah, and I think we're all kind of, as a person, you know, like, I haven't had a lot of time in the kind of the rhythm, as we're calling it. Um, But we're all trying to figure out, like, our own rhythms, Mm -hmm. you know, in this context. Uh, Yeah, how do I continue to, to do those things that, that feed me and make me feel whole and make me feel connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, yeah, how do my my life rhythms have to like adapt and change to that? Because um, like this school online stuff like changes my whole way of like moving through the day, moving through the world and the way I take care of myself. Um, and all of our interactions are, are digital right now. So it really is a whole destruction and reconstruction of, of life which that's spirituality. <laughs> that is, that is so, I mean, it's, it's like, again, it's so crazy because if you just really think about it, it is all interconnected, right? Like it mm. is all connected. And so these are considered, I don't know, I would consider these like some trials and tribulations that we're going through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, these are some growing pains that we're, we're going through and you know I know I know I've definitely had to to create different habits different modes Mm. of exploring because again we're not in these tight face-to-face communities of with others that are experiencing the same thing that we're experiencing so I know for me like I've had to set up different practices of exploration for my faith for my spirit Mm -hmm. and I'm curious if if you've had to do the same yeah I've been thinking about that a lot I really think at the core of my spiritual identity the core of it is is connection Mm -hmm. and relationship and that is kind of sabotaged through like zoom learning because it's like I don't get those connections in the way that I want them and yeah, my spirituality is so tied to connection because that's kind of, I, I've kind of grown spiritually in this kind of posture of, of reaching for many different traditions, many different places, many different people. Like so much of my spirituality has been shaped by the people around me and the way they live their lives and the way they see the world. And so, yeah, it's sad to kind of be missing out on that. And that's so much of kind of what I wanted. And I think throwing that into just the intensity of grad school, which if you're not careful, can really snatch your center away from you, you know? I mean... Suddenly, ah! I'm not in control. School's in control. And it's like, well, what about me? What about what I want? Right. <laughs> and I think that's interesting. You know, you bring up the centering part of, you know, but what do I want? And I think for me, my spiritual, my understanding of faith, my understanding of the divine, my internal and like my inner wanting is so connected to what the spirit wants Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so when we talk about like recentering or the center of ourselves for me the center of myself comes directly from some sort of 
greater spirit or greater Mm -hmm. power than, than my whole being. But it's hard because I don't, I don't know if a lot of people actually would actually consider the spirit within being a true guiding, a guiding force versus, um, or authoritative force. I think for me, I know, I Mm. feel like there is an extreme difference between an authoritative force and then a guiding force. And I feel like the Holy Spirit for me is more of that guiding versus authoritative. I want a kind divine, you know, I don't have any room in my life for like a mean old divine being. <laughs> like, why would I, why would I choose that for myself? <laughs> I don't, choose that for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Why would you choose that for yourself? And I think that goes back to the, the myselfness, the mm-hmm. selfness that we have, the choices, the will that we have, who is like, who decides that, you know? Yeah. yeah the, the real like conversation that we're having with, with the divine, with God, with the universe, this, like you said, it's not just authoritative. Like I'm not just being told what to do, but there, there's a back and forth here. And I think uh, I really wish people were more aware of how much agency they have in that back and forth, or maybe agency isn't even the right word. Cause that's such a like loaded word. <laughs> you have a say, you know, I, I think it's easy to forget that because there are so many people telling us what to believe and how to believe it. but. I'm very thankful to have come into this as as a militant atheist, you know. Yes, <laughs> I do. Because like I came into it with like, okay, like if I'm gonna do this, it's gonna be on my own terms. Yeah. I, I don't want a mean God. So great that you bring that up because I was actually thinking about this sort of the kind God that I have in my mind. Because at the end of the day, and this is this actually this thought happened yesterday when I was going back through some notes. God there's so much reference to him remembering and God remembered Mm -hmm. and he remembered. And I was thinking, yes. And I was memory, will and understanding. I was thinking about that moment though, like at the end of Deuteronomy, as you know, Moses is going to die. I was thinking about the fact that he's telling the people of Israel, like God remembered you with the covenant code and the Deuteronomist. I can't even to pronounce that word so I'm not yeah, even going to try me too I just let I, I just let him every time every time every Deuteronomist yep Deuteronomist do wait hold on you actually almost Deuteronomist is that it Deuteronomistic 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 oh man we got there but I was thinking about that because I was thinking about what Professor Lamont said about the um the commandment about like, you know, the sap, keeping the Sabbath for your slave. And it was because he wanted us to remember, right. That once our like of our once slave ship, you know, and I just, I just have to think like, what is this? What is it? What is it about this God with, with memory and remembering? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what you've thought about. I don't know. That just came up for me yesterday. And I thought it was interesting for you to bring that up because I feel like the God that I understand is a God that like is constantly not only remembering us, but wanting us to remember, Mm -hmm. remember the past. I think. And I think to in that remember ourselves Mm. and because there's this crazy interplay between like God and, and the identity of the Israelites where it's like, to remember God is to remember what God has done. And to remember what God has done is to remember what I've been through. Mm. And you know, the, the Israelites were enslaved 
And I, like so much of that is like you said, remembering like I was once enslaved, but I was set free. Mm-hmm. And and what are the implications of that? Again, like the implications, like so much of what I, what is that? Like Leviticus through Deuteronomy, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. like. <laughs> it's we're still God. learning. We're still trying. We're, we're, we're still, we're out. new. We're, we're new. Out. Okay, we're new. We're new, guys. We're new. We, we're, we're, we're here at the party. Just be happy we showed up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah the codes, the, all those, the codes. It's, it's, the law. It's, yeah, like how should you live now that you've been set free? How should you be in the world as an ex-slave, as a person who, as a person of God, as a person who's had this experience of God that's literally like given new life? Like, how do you live? Yeah. Um, Not only how do you live as a free person, but like, how do you also liberate? I think that would be for mm -hmm, me is like, so how do you live as a free person, but how do you also liberate others around you? Right, exactly. And that's that's the like implication of like you were once enslaved, you've been set free, and now you you gotta keep passing the baton. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, you gotta pass the magic stick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I which is, yeah. which is hard, I think. Oh, I think it's definitely. fair to say all of that this. it's disclaimer, yeah. all all of this is really difficult. Like this is no joke. I'm not just talking about grad school, I'm talking about like <laughs> The spiritual life, like loving your enemies, like all that is really difficult. It's it's, it's hard. It's, it's a battle. It's our greatest work, you know, like it's it's our lives, it's our species work to it's our greatest fall to think that we we know more than we actually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About others, about ourselves, about society. Mm-hmm. That's I think that is like our greatest like Achilles heel is like always thinking that we know more than we actually really do. Yeah. Which I think is tied to like an intolerance to not knowing, you know, an intolerance yeah, of sure. the mystery. You know, it's hard to sit in that space of, wow, Meredith, like there's a lot I don't know about you. You know, there's you've lived a lot of life, a lot of complexity, just like I have. Right. And that's that's a so one of our professors just said that like mystery shouldn't be the end, but like the beginning. Like it's a reason to keep going, not a reason to stop. Yeah. I think again, it's like going all. It goes back to what you said earlier of just like being okay with not knowing and being okay with the mystery. I think it's so. I mean, I know because it was so hard for me. For I mean, and you probably can relate too. Like. I wanted to believe that God was this one thing because of what others had told me. Um, And it just comes down to like, we really can't even, I don't know if we'll ever be able to truly put into words who, who God is, what he is in Uh, a way that others actually understand. For me. Certainty is just not the wave. Certainty is not the wave. It's at like, and yeah, you have to like learn that, that I don't think anything, there's nothing that really matters that we can be certain about, you know, mm. 
it, it's gonna be slippery. It's gonna be mysterious. It's gonna be a little obscure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we want to be certain so bad, which is which is why I'm I'm really getting into faith. Faith is such a powerful concept, a powerful experience to say that like. I don't have any certainty on this. I I cannot prove this to you. I cannot like show it to you, but I can live my life in accordance to this, you know, right. like this this faith, this certainty that isn't certainty. I can take that into my life. Right. Um cuz How would it, you encourage someone else to so, you know, I mean, I think you and I both maybe are more op- I don't even know if it's like our backgrounds or or what, but how would you like <laughs> you know, like how I would like lack of backgrounds, but uh, I, which again, I think is so crazy. But I also like told myself when I got into seminary, I was like, if someone like me, this is what I told my friends, at least who were just kind of like, what are you doing? I said, if someone like me, if someone like me can believe, I was like, yeah, anything right. is po- like anything is possible. That's what I feel you. I feel you on that. Yeah. It's still so weird to think about who I was and who I am now. It's like, how did this happen? Right. Like, I really feel like, man, I'm just along for the ride. Like, this is so beyond my control because <laughs> this is not how I would have planned things. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I hear you so hard because, it, it, again, it's like, how am I here? Like, how am, how am I, like, how am I here? I don't know how I got here. I don't know. I don't know which path actually like was the path that got me here, but mm-hmm. I always, I just constantly think like if someone like me can believe, if someone like me can set aside, I, and I'm I come from a background with you know social science, like wanting every wanting to know, like wanting wanting mm-hmm. to know the reason why, wanting to know the root cause of the problem, and I right it's it is like what you're saying. It's so hard to like accept like not knowing. And there's also like, I feel like so many personalities that come out, like there's just so many personality traits too, that I feel like factor into this because you also have to push aside that like narcissism that's in all of us too. Mm -hmm. Like that that ego that's in all of us too, to just be like, I'm okay. I, I don't know. I really don't have the answers and I don't know. I mean, my first introduction to the Bible was I read the gospel of John that's the first book that I'm I read. I'm actually reading the Gospel of John right now. Oh my gosh, like don't you the love him? Time, don't you kind of like love him? Guys. It's pretty nice. You I'm love only him. reading it because I was I was listening to a Richard Rohr podcast and they asked him like, yo, like what books of the Bible would you, like if you could have one book of the Bible and keep it, like what would it be? And he said, he said something about the Gospel of John, like encouraging non-dual consciousness or something. I was yes. like, Hmm, what's going on here? So yeah, I'm reading John for the first time right now. <laughs> I love that because that is like, so that is when I, my mentor gifted me a Bible. Like that was, she gave it to me and she said, go read the book of, go read the book of John, go read the gospel wow, of John. And John so, had that much clout. That's crazy. Right? He is a popular <laughs> dude, but that's like what I, that's the first book that I read. And I remember reading it and being like, and so I don't know if you're experienced, but I remember reading it and thinking, are people reading the same book that I'm reading right now? Mm. I'm like, are people, re-? that's actually for the first year of me sort of on my own that's... spiritual journey. I was reading the Bible and I was like, are other people reading the same book I'm reading? Because right. it doesn't feel like we're reading the same text. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like my experience. Uh, just going back again to like Los Angeles, which is 
where I kind of had my my program was through an Episcopal church. And so I yeah, would you mind talking about that yeah. for just like a minute? Yeah, talk about um, it. L.A.? Yes, L.A., man. How did I end up in L.A.? Um, yeah, so I graduated and I needed a job. And so I ended up doing a year of service program in Los Angeles. Uh, it used to be called the Episcopal Urban Internship Program, but it's now called Jubilee Year LA. Jubilee year. Um, Jubilee year. We we know what that word means now. <laughs> <laughs> we yes, Jubilee year. LA. Um, so yeah, it's like affiliated with the Episcopal Church. So I literally lived in the what do they call the houses that are like on the church's property that like are for oh, the, the rectory. Yes. So I lived with my priest friend, my priest friend. I know that. (laughs) So I lived with seven other people in intentional community in that little rectory. And so we literally had an Episcopal church in our backyard. Um, And our priest, uh, shout out to Father Jamie Edwards Acton. All right. Shout out, shout out, shout out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he's this super like, leftist activist like liberation theology blah 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 and so he was kind of like the guiding voice for me during a time when I was trying to like heal my relationship to Christianity like learn these things on my own like have my own relationship to this language to these symbols to this to this story Mm. um and so I forgot where I was going with this but we were talking about something. I forgot. Oh, we were, but <laughs> that shout out moment. No, I mean, you were. T- I asked you to talk a little bit about your experience in LA. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Um, and so, yeah, he was just, there was something we were talking about. Damn, I have to let spiritual, it go. Spiritual, yeah, just bless and release. Bless and yeah. Release. <laughs> bless and release. But I think that also <laughs> just goes to show you, in terms of like the fact that one, you studied religious studies, like an undergrad, mm-hmm, but we're an atheist, did. right? And mm-hmm. then here you have, after you've graduated, like you willingly choose, right? Like also we need a job. And so like money is like, we need money, but also like you willingly chose to go and like live your life of service in a mm-hmm. church, like yeah. not just like a, not just like a nonprofit, like some of the things that we're working mm-hmm. with now in school, but like you willingly chose to go be in a church and organized religious environment and I'm I think that says so much to and as like a true testament to your character of just like being willing to to just engage with something even if you don't necessarily understand it even if you don't necessarily agree with it you still like showed a willingness to go Mm -hmm. the will to go yeah I remember now it was that comment you said about like is this the same bible like am I reading right yeah the same bible and that's that's what I felt when Father Jamie was kind of giving his preaches. Like, wow, I've never heard this. Like, I've never seen this. I didn't. How is this all here? Has this always been here? Um, right? Has this always been here? That is literally that is here? so true. Has this always been? Has this always been here? And, so, and it has, as we know. Yeah, that's something I would have never experienced if it wasn't for yeah taking that step, like being open in that way. Um, and yeah, I think that's like, again, goes back to Christianity is complicated. It's got a lot of complicated history. Um, it's like been used for 
lots of bad in the world. <laughs> and so it, it's a lot to grapple with, but I really do believe that it's worth grappling with. Like there's mm. something there and we need to claim it because right now, you know, or else the forces of evil will claim it for us. Like, I feel like Christianity for good reason has the reputation of being like a colonizer's religion. But I'm starting to see it more as Christianity itself has been colonized. Like it's Constantine? Been, I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> I mean, right, but when I read yeah. when I read about Constantine's rule, I was like, oh, this is actually where the debate between church and state like mm -hmm. originated. Yeah. And I yeah. actually like wonder how many people are thinking like thinking that, knowing that of where you had an entire empire, an entire society say, we are going to adopt and hold Christianity as the religion for all peoples. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's some, that's some imperial. Like that's some shit, right? Imperial shit right there. That's some shit. Yeah. That's like some real shit. And I think if mm -hmm. we think about, like when I think about that and then I think about what I actually believe Christianity to be or like what I actually believe like Jesus's ministry to be, I'm like, did he really want us all in one category? Or, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, which is again, I think like there's this long list of things in the world that we need to decolonize, and I think mm -hmm. Christianity or the the, tra the Christian tradition, the the ministry of Jesus, like you talked about earlier, is something that we need to it, it needs decolonization, it needs to be stripped of all these things that are just kind of painted over it. You know, because there's something there. There's something there that's that could be useful to us, useful to our understanding of the world, useful to how we relate to each other. Um, but there's just all this haze, this imperial haze that that it's stuck in. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So again, it's it's work to wrestle with that. It's work to be open to that because it's a lot of baggage. It's a lot of baggage. It is a lot of baggage. Oh well. We've talked for like an hour. Can you believe it? Wow. I know. This was great. I think it was really great, actually. Um, I feel so good. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, you, I don't know. I feel like this was so, I'm like so happy that you're here and like that you were willing to talk with me today. Hey, and you, you brought me here. Thank you for creating this space. I think this is really important. I think this is a good place to have the conversation that needs to be had. Um, and wow, I'm happy to be, I feel like I'm starting things off. So I'm, yeah, I'm, you I'm, are, you're the I'm, kickoff. I'm, I'm honored. I'm really honored. I'm really honored. No one's ever asked me to just talk and record it before. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you care about what I have to say. That's I do. Nice. And I think, <laughs> right. And that's the thing is, I think that even like, even my next door neighbor, like, I don't really know my next door neighbor, but like, oh. that's where we have to, like, I do know him, but not well enough, but that's where we have to start. Right. Is mm -hmm. like starting with our neighbor and starting with the people that are close to us and wow you and I have such um 
we have backgrounds that provided opportunity to have this conversation, mm-hmm. but so many people don't have those same opportunities. So it's like what you're saying earlier, like how do we how do we extend our reach beyond the walls of the church? And I think mm-hmm. that it starts by, yeah, having these conversations and not just having them with other academics or other people right. um, in the same linear field, but it's with mm-hmm. the common, it's like with the common person. Um, mm-hmm. It's with your neighbor who is closest to you. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Wow. Well, folks, that concludes today's episode on Jezebel Goes to Seminary with my guest, Rodell Jefferson III. I hope you enjoyed it. What What a great way to start off this series of intentional conversations. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that you have given your time and your ears to this conversation. And I hope that you've been able to take something away today, a question or concern or a new thought that will help you in the rest of today as well as as you go forth tomorrow, uh, whatever it may be. But just remember and never forget how holy and fully loved you are. 